All right. So eternal security promises to embrace. That's the subject today. We're in verses 38 and 39. Only two, just to finalize the chapter. We went through six verses last week. Um, So just to get us back on point, uh, I'm going to read through again. I know we've read through these many times, but it's always good to to get our minds uh, where the author is writing and and what he's writing and why we're getting to these verses. So I'm going to back up uh, all the way to 26 again. So in the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that God causes all things to work together for the good of those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his Son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. And these whom he predestined, he also called. And these whom he called, he also justified. And these whom he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who is against us? For who did not spare his own Son, but delivered him over for us all? How will he not also with him freely give us all things? Who will bring a charge against God's elect. Who is the one who justifies? Who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is he who died. Yes, rather, he was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who also intercedes for us. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword For as it is written, for your sake, we are being put to death all day long. We were considered as sheep to be slaughtered. But in all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer him through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing, will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Okay. So, Paul is just absolute assured of these things that we just read. Everything that he just taught to this church in Rome. uh, Again, people that he hasn't met and he wants to share his heart with and share all the knowledge of God that Christ has put into his heart and into his life, that the Spirit is leading him through this letter to the church in Rome. And he is completely convinced of all of what he just said and and that the separation that us as humans are afraid of is just impossible. It's not going to happen if Christ is in us And if God is for us, then nothing can separate us from that. So when he says, I am convinced, it's a very powerful and and a very strong word in the Greek. Morning. Hi, friends. These are my friends, Daniel and Charlotte. I've worked with both of them at one point. Just one of them now. (laughs) Get you guys some handouts. Hi, sweetheart. There's those. Mark, you need one? There you go. Okay. So after everything we went through, through chapter um, 8, and even before that, into all of Romans, Paul's led us up to this point. We, we always have to look back just to verse 1 in chapter 8 and remind ourselves um, 
this is also something that Paul is just absolutely convinced in, uh, that there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, right? And we have to remember that. We always have to remember that as believers, as those who are in Christ, who have the Spirit of God in our hearts, um, that that is a fact, and we stand on that as a rock, um, that we know that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. And Paul is going through chapter 8, telling us God's love. Um, he's showing you that he, he knew you, that he predestined you, he called you, um, he's justified you, and he's glorifying you. You were glorified in your salvation, and you're going to be ultimately glorified in your death of the flesh, because in the spirit you'll be with Christ. And Paul, I, I imagine he's just very excited at this point when he's writing this letter um, and, and just pouring his heart out for, again, this church that, that he doesn't know um, and, and is worlds away from him, and he's, he's trying to go see him, but he's been prevented, right? Uh, so there's no doubt in Paul's mind that nothing is going to separate anyone from the love of Christ. And him being human himself and knowing his own faults and weaknesses I'm sure he's um, struggled and wrestled with some of these thoughts and doubts in his past and from how he was, uh, just how he was brought up in Christ at this point where he's writing that, that he knows because he's lived it, right? If we know Paul's life just a little bit, um, it hasn't been uh, an easy Christian life. It hasn't been something that um, they just... He floated through and, and didn't have too many troubles, didn't have any persecution. Um, it wasn't that type of life. We can look back and see the life that, that he led and some of the explanations he gives in some of the other letters. And, and it's just, um, we couldn't imagine what he went through and how many times he faced death and how many times um, he went through everything that he's going to go over right now. So the promises of no separation. They're, they're contrasting ends of a spectrum. So he's going to go from one far side to another far side, and he uses these examples uh, to, to help encourage us and know that the love of God is beyond what these things can um, do to separate us. So in 38, after he says, for I am convinced that neither death nor life um, let's take a look at death. And what does death separate us from? Let's, let's throw some ideas out there. What does death separate us from? Our body, Our body yep. God. Right. Does it? Wait, death. What does death separate us from? Oh, death. Yeah. Nope, death. Physical death. What does physical death separate us from as, as humans on this earth? Our family, yep. Yeah. Family, our bodies. What else? From the, the whole world in general. Yeah, what else? There's all kinds temptation. of things. Yeah, temptation, right? Tears, Tears sorrow, pain. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, I didn't think of that. Okay. So death separates us from, from everything in, in life. Um, it separates us from our family and our, our friends. Uh, if, we, if we're working, if we're not working, um, things that we have, things that we own. Um, it's, it's the relationship we have with our church, right? Um, it separates us from, from everything that's physical and created. And uh, that, that's the end, right? Death is final. Death is eternal. Whether or not you're a believer... Uh, that, that death will, that'll be the it for the, this life. Now, for the believers, 
Um, we know that there is the, uh, the hope and that the Bible tells us that our, our bodies will be reunited with our spirit eventually, um, and that day will, will come as God decrees, but for now we're going to be separated from our, from our bodies, and um, there's, there's no turning back. That's, that's it. That's, that's the end. Um, so why can we be confident in death? What is there to be confident in as a believer? Absolutely. Yeah, to be absent with the body is to be present with the Lord. We also rest all of our hope on, on Jesus' words, promising that we will be with him in heaven uh, immediately. We don't have to wait. Um, we're not going somewhere else. Uh, we're not going to the grave or Sheol that we're going to be with him. Or, yeah, we won't. There won't be soul sleep. We will be there instantly. Um, so we have all the confidence in death because, because why? Yeah, Jesus died. Our holy, perfect, pure God who lived the perfect life, who came and got crucified, put to death for nothing he did wrong but for our sins. And he died. And then he rose from the grave and he conquered death, right? So in his resurrection, we have all the hope and excitement that there is um, in all of eternity because we're assured that this, um, that this life isn't the end for us because he's conquered death, and now we no longer have to be afraid of it. Okay, so what does life separate us from? Yeah. Paul said he's convinced that neither death nor life nor any of these other things will go over, but none of it can separate us from the love of God. So how would life separate us, and what does life separate us from? <laughs> We're not to death yet. Okay. Yeah. So Paul is saying, even though in life we live as a human, you know, in our human flesh, that won't separate us. Right. And and I do think that's something that Paul's pointing at, right? Because even though we're saved and our our hope and our trust and our hearts are in Christ, we have a new heart, and it is the Spirit of God. But yet we struggle with our our body and our flesh and sin, um, and how much guilt does that bring on the person who isn't assured of what Christ did on the cross and his work and our security in him? Now, we've already went through Romans and how many times did it say, should we sin more? No, <laughs> right? We know we shouldn't because um, so many reasons. I mean, because uh, the love of Christ is in us and we're here to live for him now and our life is his and not ours. Um, but that sin does um, want to pry us apart from believing that that love of God is still there for us, right? Every day. Every day it'll, it'll rise its ugly head up and want us to think that we are separated from God because of the sin in our lives or in our past. Stuff that we've done, that we've asked for forgiveness for, and that we've prayed to God to forgive our hearts and to, to let it go, but we can't forget it, right? It's still there in our heads, and it, it comes up, and it reminds us, and we, we remember how, how sinful we are and how off the mark that we are. So life can separate us um, from, from knowing the truth, right? So living in our flesh can um, separate us from, from understanding it, especially if we're not in God's Word. And we're not reading it and studying it and praying to God and being with a body that, that loves God and can encourage each other um, to, to continue our walk even when we fall and stumble, even when life's so busy that we don't have time for um, the, the priorities in our life that should be taking uh, the first place in our heart. It can do all that. 
in life, there's lots of pain and sorrow, grief and loss, um, health and family, there's persecution. So in life itself, as we're living it, we can be separated from all types of things in life. And it can, um, it can feel, and Mark, he just walked out, but it can feel like there's a separation from God there. And he's given us his testimony about when his, his dad died. And he was just angry. And um, he felt like, like this with God, like, you know, I, I'm mad and I don't understand and, and why did things have to happen this way? Um, and I'm sure at some point in a lot of our lives that we've, we've felt like that too, where um, we're going to separate ourselves from the love of God, right? I know my, my own testimony, um, and I can't tell you when exactly I was saved either. Um, it could have been when I was young, and I did, I did this for a long time too, trying to separate myself from God and His love. Um, but it's, it's impossible, right? Because it's not our doing that brings that love upon us. It's His love that He's put on us. Yeah, when did He first love us? Yeah? There you go, right? So if He loved us from before the foundations of the earth, what could we do in life that could separate us from that? You know, think of um, some of the stories in the Bible, especially Job in particular, if, if you remember back, and what he had to go through, um, and why, and, and what was the reason for that, and, and what happened through his life um, that was meant to separate him from God. That was the challenge, right, that Satan said, Job would walk away from you and deny God, if, if God stopped blessing him with all the blessings in his life. And so that was the challenge that, okay, well, let's see. Of course, God knows, right? God's love was set on Job, and he knew, but Satan doesn't know because he is not omniscient. He doesn't know everything, and he's not everywhere. And that's, that's what he does. He challenges God in every aspect. So if you look at Job, and, and Job's heart... Um, you know, through, through everything, he, he didn't understand why it was happening and he lived through it, but that love of God was never separated from him. Okay, so with that, why can we be confident in life? Lots of reasons why, but throw some out there. Right? Okay, yeah. Right, yep. And where can you look in, in just this chapter to uh, renew our faith in that belief? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, uh, a verse that we've, we've talked a lot about. 28, and we know that God causes all things to work together for the good of those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. And remember we talked about the all things, and that all things isn't um, fame and fortune and, and this, this life that's full of money and houses and cars and trips to Hawaii and all those other fun places like... That's not the all things that Paul is talking about. The all things Paul's talking about, we, we look to um, verses like 35 for tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, or sword. Right? So we know that when bad things happen in our lives, whether that be you know, a loss of a, a family member or a child, uh, a divorce, um, just our parents... Uh, it could be coworkers. It could be someone in the, in the church that we start having a disagreement with, um, and and we try and work through these things. Things that are really deep into our heart. Uh, it could be your health. It could be your your friend's health or your your parents or your child's. 
Um, there's so many different aspects of life. We, we know that those things are used for God's purpose. It's for His cause. And His cause isn't to make us just super happy and, oh, life's so easy and great. It's to know that He's working in us to change the image of Christ, that it's reflected in us, right? That we aren't reflecting ourselves as a sinful human, but we're reflecting our God who, is, uh, who came and died for us, right? And His perfection um, through all these things, he's, make, he's conforming us to, to His image. And in that, we can have a surety, and we can have joy, and we can have lots of hope. Um, and we're knowing that all of this isn't for this time in this world, but it's for uh, things to come. It'll be in eternity future. Okay. Well, we're doing great on time today. <laughs> Angels nor principalities, what could either of them separate us from? Any thoughts on that? That's the next part in the verse here. After he says, convinced that neither death nor life nor anger, angels nor principalities. What do you think that means and, and what could they separate us from? Right? Right? Okay. So in the in the aspect of looking at it as Paul's contrasting opposite ends of the spectrum, um, angels and then principalities, we would, it seems as, as he would be talking about angels as the heavenly beings with, uh, with God, his creatures, um, and then the opposite of that would be the, the ones that were the fallen angels, which are uh, now looked at, as we see in the Bible, as, as demons, Right? Um, that they're on earth working for um, their master, which would be Satan. They're, they're not in God. Um, and so if we're looking at the opposite ends and the, and the opposite spectrum um, of those two, then what could he mean by angels and how would they separate us? And I don't, I don't have a solid answer on this either. From what I've read through, um, it's more of a, um, a what-if and if we look at Galatians and, and Paul's warning that church that even if an angel of heaven comes down and preaches another gospel, that he should be accursed. Um, not that it would happen or that it has happened, uh, but that that wouldn't be even strong enough to separate anyone from the love of God. Uh, that, that false teachings, false doctrines, um, other world religions that will teach against what God's word would be, what do they say they, well, what do a lot of them say that they saw or that they were told by whom that um, they are to, to have a, a belief system that's contradictory to the Bible? They saw, a lot of them say they, say they saw angels, right? That they came down. Absolutely. Right? How many, how many stories have we read that, um, you know, there was a cloud that appeared that looked like Jesus or an angel or on a piece of bread and, and that kind of stuff? Right. And a lot, of, a lot of folks will let those signs that they're, they're seeing lead them um, into whatever aspect of life that they're, they're going down. Mark, do you have any specific thoughts on this one? Um, I would probably 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I agree, because if, if we're following Paul's thought pattern here, he starts with um, things that are in our lives that we can see and um, that, that we can somewhat control, and we think we have control over, but life or death and things that happen within that. And then he goes straight to angels or principalities. And can we see any of that? And can we um, know exactly what is going on with those beings? And do we know what they're what their power and their strengths are, um, we don't. And that's, that's outside of our understanding. And so he's saying, these won't be able to separate you from the love of God. Um, and if our life and death can't, and angels and principalities can't, the, the good angels or the demons, um, what possibly could? I mean, how much hope should we have in God's love in us if those two things can't? And then there's more, Right? The things present, nor the things to come. So the things present is what's going on in, in life today and what's going on in the world, what's going on in your heart, what's going on in your head. Um, those are the things present. Now we're not looking back to the past because that doesn't, that doesn't really pertain to God's love for you. It's where you're at right now. Um, the past is the past, and we're, we're moving forward, and life moves forward, and not knowing the day or the time or the instant that you're saved uh, shouldn't be too big of an issue because what matters is where your heart is now and today, and whether it's united with Christ and strength, um, and you're, you're completely confirmed in your mind of His promises that his love will never leave you, or if you're not, if you're, you're far from that and you're not sure what to believe and you've loved God and Christ, but at this point in your life, um, things, things just seem awry and your heart's been set on things of this world and what's going on, um, that's what's happening right now in your life, right? So that's going on there. And then there's everything going around around us. You know, again, we've talked about what's happening in our country and and what this government is, seems to be starting to do and change, uh, but what it could look like is, is looking into the future, things to come. We know that things across the, the world are getting kind of crazy right now um, in Jerusalem, and it looks like war might be starting over there if it hasn't already, uh, and, and the way that they're experiencing life at this moment is way different than what we're experiencing. It's, it's also opposite in, ends of that spectrum. Um, but Paul's saying those things that are happening to us now are happening to them now, the believers in Christ, that won't separate them from his love or the things to come. Because as we sit here and we talk about it again and again, we could be worried about what is to come in this country and, and how it's going to change or it could go downhill. Um, Christians could be persecuted in the future. Um, and we don't know, right? We don't have control over that. It seems that way. And we want to be prepared as much as we can to live a godly life through that. But those things that will come, they're going to come the way that God wills them to. And back to verse 28, where he causes all things to work to the good of those who love God. Um, if it's for his glory, it will happen. And we should be prepared. And in, in those things, we might not be happy, but we can find joy and we can find strength in Christ because in our weakness is his strength. So those things to come are things that we can set our mind on and just worry and worry and worry and worry about. Um, 
and that worry is not going to do us any good. We're commanded not to worry. But those things won't separate us. Those things are likely leading to death. And if it's not persecution or peril or sword, martyrdom that kills us, it's, it's going to be a health-related. It could be old age. It could be any of those things. Um, but again, that leads back to death, which death won't separate us from the love of Christ. It actually puts us in his kingdom, which is where we desire to be because then we, we can be with him without sin ever again. And we can live joyfully glorifying him through um, what he's provided for us and his love. And then that leads right into powers. Um, I'm not, definitely not a Greek scholar and, and don't know the Greek words, but according to the um, teachers that, that we are following and learning from, um, that word translated into powers, um, it, it's really talking about governmental powers, those that do have authority over us in whatever country or state that we're living in. And as Mike brought up, um, a government can point the entire society to go a certain way. And eventually that could, for us here, and it could be uh, against um, Christendom, right? It could be against anything that has to do with the Bible. Uh, we're not sure what that will look like or how that can happen, but um, it's earthly men making decisions that can affect Christians. And it's not just here, and it's not just America. I mean, Paul was dealing with this back then. Where did they live? The group he's writing to is where? In Rome. And who was in Rome at that time? Yeah, but who ruled it? Caesar, right? And, and was Caesar a nice guy that uh, wanted everyone to come together and, and live in social justice? No. <laughs> no, he was, a, he was a hard ruler, right? Um, everyone was to bow down to Caesar, and they were to, to honor him and worship him and... Um, no one was to get in his way or talk against him in any fashion or form. It's not, it's not what we see here in our country now, but it was way worse, so much worse. Um, and, and he would just have people killed, just like that, right? Christians, leave, that's what he told them. And if they didn't, they'd be put to death. It was simple as that. Um, yeah, the history of Rome it has, has lots of, Lots of horrible things in it, lots of death, and lots of things that people did to each other just for fun that ended up in them killing each other, right? In arenas, they would go to watch it together. So the powers there, these governmental powers that Paul is referring to, um, was in a situation that's much, much worse than ours at this point. Uh, but there are countries that live through that now, and there's Christians that live through that now. We talk about the, the Christian brothers and sisters in China and that they have to, to hide um, their church and they, they do it as quietly as they can and they continue sharing the gospel, but they're, they're trying not to be seen by the cameras. You know, they love having the mask mandates because then their face is mostly covered, right? That's just how they normally live. And again, we're not used to that here. But that is happening throughout the world. And these governmental powers are going to do everything they can to uh, squash that faith that Christians have in God and in Christ. But if, but if Christ is in us and we aren't our own anymore, it's impossible. It's never going to happen. His love for us is, is embedded into our hearts and His Spirit is living within us. We can't even get rid of it if we wanted to. He's put His love upon us from the beginning, from the beginning of time, well before we were established, born, and put into this world. And He brought us to Him at the specific point that He desired to for our own intimate salvation. But that love was established before the earth was established. Okay, then from powers. So we went from um, 
earthly stuff as in life and death to angels and principalities and then back to uh, things happening on earth where things present and things to come and then the powers. And now, now he's gone on to height nor depth. Um, and through this, he's, he's bouncing back to the things that are happening um, outside of our seen world, right? Oh, hi, Lizzie. You snuck in on me. There you go. Hi. So what else could Paul be meaning by nor height nor depth? Depth. Spell it wrong on my paper. <laughs> well, yeah, good or evil. Well, in what sense? I always thought it meant to the full extent of any parameters there are. There's absolutely not one square inch of it that could separate you from these lines. Okay like all-encompassing, right? Anyone else? Any thoughts on this one? Gotcha. Mark? Um, yeah, I mean, I think you can really look at it in many ways, probably. I think you can look at it all encompassing, as you said. I think when oftentimes we're on a high, we seem to forget God. Mm hmm. He's trying not to leave anything out. He is, yep. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's just a continuation of there's, uh, but as far as the words themselves, uh, I think it probably is just open to a little bit of interpretation. Yeah, yeah, sure. And that, that's okay. Um, I mean, I think it's meant to make our minds uh, think greater than we normally do. And, and what if it's even talking about things happening in heaven um, and things happening in hell? You know, if you if you look through Revelation and you look through Ezekiel and, and just the imagery that's, that's put out there and us trying to imagine what that looks like that's happening beyond our world and our sphere that we live in right now, there's a lot more going on than what we deal with. Um, and, and there's battles being fought uh, between God and evil and none of that either could separate us, right? If God's love is on you and set on you because it's in His Son that all of this is for, none of that is going to separate you. Nothing in your life or outside of it. So yeah, then all other created things. The last part, all other, nor any other created thing. Okay, what isn't created? Let's identify that. Yes. Good. Good answer. <laughs> Christ, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, right? So outside 
of God, Paul's saying nothing. Absolute nothing. What about the pre-existent matter? <laughs> if there was pre-existent matter, then this thing wouldn't be true, right? We wouldn't put our hope in the Bible. But Nothing. Nothing says it all. And Paul's, Paul's again, excited, and he's, he's wanting to cover every end of this spectrum, from little to big, from earthly to heavenly, from life to death, from fear to happiness, from your heart to, to what's going on with the government, right? All different ends. He's, he's wrapping it up here after going through on what he explained in chapter 8, where it should be very uplifting and, and very exciting to know that God's picked you from before all eternity and set his love on you, that nothing's going to separate you from his love because there, nothing has that power. Nothing has more power than God himself. Nothing. So have excitement and hope in that. <laughs> right, right. Because if there was something left off to the side, that kind of that kind of puts it in there. Right. Because, you know, at the beginning of others where you were talking about should be sin, may it never be. That's very powerful. And that's how his friend I am convinced is. It's, it's very strong, very powerful. He's not going to teach this or say this if he himself isn't um, fully convinced and believing in, in these things, um, being the, the teacher and the leader of of many flocks of sheep that he is trying to, to lead um, and grow fruit in and, and be led by, he's not going to say this without absolute hope and complete assurity through it. Okay, so none of these things will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And that just, that really, really finalizes what he is saying here and what and whom we need to rest on. So God's love, all of that love, all everything that is encompassing for those whom he has foreknown and predestined that he conforms to the image of his son, all of that is in Christ Jesus, the Messiah, right? The one who came for us specifically and he, he died and he died that death so that we would be released from the bondage of sin, so that we can know his love, so that we can know what Paul's explaining right here in this chapter of how great his love is. It's all in Christ, and that's why we hope in him and cling to him for everything. That's why his blood is more precious to us than anything, than silver, than gold, than anything that we can own on this earth. Um, it's more precious to us than the relationships that we have with anyone on this earth that that is what is sprinkled on our lives as sinful beings and sinful men and women that have no righteousness of our own, none whatsoever. That's why God can look at us in perfect righteousness because he's not looking at us. He's looking at his son. His son and the spirit of God lives in each of our hearts and we are, we are looked upon as, as his um, beloved, eternal, glorified Son. We are with Him, and Christ is the one who did that work for us. So it's all through, through God's love and through Christ's obedience. Um, 
through what he was able to do and accomplish on that cross. It's the ultimate sign of love on what he did for us, right? The world even teaches that in their worldliness that you sacrifice yourself for someone else. That's the ultimate sign of love. That someone jumping on a, a grenade in, in, a, in a war to save others. Yeah. Yep. And that's because God's law is placed in our hearts, no matter who we are or what we are or what we believe, that we understand some of those eternal moral laws that he's placed in every human, that we know some of that, and that's enough to know God. But he did that willingly without any need. Does God need us? Does he need us? Does he have to have us to accomplish whatever he, he, he's trying to do? He's just doing this because of his love for us. Because his love is so great. So all that, all of that is just resting on Christ and what he did for, for you and me and for everyone else, for everyone in this church that Paul is writing to. It's in the Messiah, Jesus. And, and who is Jesus? He's our, our Lord. Right? This is why we are being sanctified. This is why we were called. Because Jesus did that. And if he did that, we should willingly and joyfully serve him and look to him. We should long to be with him to make our, our, our heart and our soul just long for him, right? That communication is there as long as we're praying, as long as we take time in our day to sit down, lay down, kneel down, whatever it is, even if we're driving or if we're having a busy day, take that time to talk to him because he desires that. We've talked to that in our class, just like we as parents desire to talk to our children and to hear from them um, whether or not they're being good or bad, our, our love is set for them. Our hearts are set on them. And that's the image of God with us, that he is constantly there, always. And when our children decide that they don't want to talk to us for a while or they're mad or they're going to go do something else and disobey, um, our love doesn't change for them. But, but our hearts can be sorrowful that they're not wanting to, to love on us. But our love doesn't change, and our love is human, and our love is frail, and God's love is so much stronger than what we have for our children. But you all know what I'm talking about. Everyone that has, has children or has family members that are that close, you know exactly what that feeling is, and God's is um, infinity more than that for you. And he's given us his word and his love and his communication is right here. It's in the Bible, and it's in our family. Right? It's in this body of Christ that he shows his love through each other. And that's, that's why I'm here at this church, because when we first showed up, um, everyone here just, just wrapped their arms around us and, and loved us and took us in and treated us like we were family. And um, it, wasn't, it wasn't what I was used to or expected, but it, it was just, it was so, so loving for no reason other than... Um, what God's put in their hearts. That, that, that's, why, that's why I'm here. But that love and that communication that is between us and him, it's there. And we can, we can turn our head and turn our, our, our life away, but his love isn't going to change. He just longs for us to open up those lines of communication again. So there's all hope, and there's these promises, and you can be completely assured there's no condemnation for anyone here or anyone that you know who's in Christ, ever. It's done. It was paid for. 
and his love is set for us, and that'll never be separated, no matter what we do and how much we fight it. It's not going away because it's beyond ourselves. It's beyond our control. And it was put on us well before we were ever here. Any final thoughts? Well, God does have a love for the entire world, and he, he does love everything that he's created because, yes, he will send rain on, on the just and the unjust, and there is a general love that he shares for the entire world, and that's why he allows you know, life to continue going on because there's many good things that we can enjoy during life. But his love for the elect, for those that he chose, from the beginning is different. And, and that is the love that can never be separated because the general love, there will be separation, right? There will definitely be a separation at death for those who don't know God. And that will be eternal. And there is no turning back. And that will be final. But that love that he has on those whom he set his heart on, that is forever. And we can rest in that. Okay. Final thoughts? Before we, we talked about the review. Yeah. We are doing the reviews first before we do that other class. Okay. All right. So we'll do two weeks of review starting in uh, chapter one through four next week. Again, come look at the list if you need more handouts. We got a couple up there. And write down what you need and we'll get that to you guys. Mark, can you close us in prayer? Lord, we are just grateful for you. We're grateful for your word. And Lord, that we would just be encouraged this morning uh, that if we are in you, there is nothing that can separate us from you and your love for us. Lord, what an encouraging uh, Sunday school class that is. Lord, that we are totally secure. Amen. Thanks, everyone.